You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Collective Cafe, a virtual coffee experience which takes place every single Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in both Alpha Collective's Discord, that's discord.gg forward slash alpha collective and startup clubs house in clubhouse it's free it always will be free there are no strings attached there is no bait and switch lurk or listen only chat with one another in our back chat or even come onto stage the coffee shop is open for business whether you're on the treadmill getting the kids ready for school getting yourself ready for work commuting into the big bad city or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom to your home office on Monday, we manifest. On Tuesday, we talk thought leadership. On Wellness Wednesday, we discuss mental health, wellness, and life skills. On Thursday, we do live book reads and discussions with the author. And then on Friday, it's No Agenda Friday where there is no agenda. Start your day off on the right foot, on the front foot, with virtual coffee, with the collective cafe, where we mastermind, we manifest, we collaborate, we help one another at the business of Web3 or anything else that intersects, whether it's culture, collaboration, creativity, innovation, disruption, entrepreneurship, or coaching. So give us a subscribe, bit.ly forward slash collective cafe to go, or a review on your favorite podcast platform if you're listening on demand or of course join us every day live it is addictive and remember it is a safe welcoming space and you will never ever be put on the spot this is alpha collectives collective cafe my name is joseph jaffe well good morning good morning everybody it is 802 a.m Monday, June 26th, you are in the Startup Club in Clubhouse. You are live in Discord, discord.gg forward slash Alpha Collective as I attempt to simulcast my way uh, through another week in paradise. And uh, we're going to find our feet. We're going to find our voice uh, doing this in both Startup Club and Discord. I tend to... uh, take the stage for a bit I'll I'll invite you'll know when I'm inviting people up because I'll invite people up or want to hear your voices I'll look in the chat I'll look in the cafe chat which is our back chat in discord we will figure it out and uh, you know my hope is that this becomes a regular for you Um, so a regular to what well a way to start off the day a way to start off the week obviously on a Monday Um, there is just not a lot of content out there which is the most ironic thing in the world if you think about it because we think that we're like smothered in content but how many times have you gone onto clubhouse or even worse twitter spaces uh, toxic spaces maybe i should call it or whatever and you just can't find great content um part of the thing is that is consistency i mean the, the essence of brands and branding is consistency the essence of of anything is consistency and so the idea is that we're here every day, uh, every weekday, um, every work weekday, because it's important to have balance. If it's a public holiday, we're not here. Um, it, it's important to have that perspective and to find these lines and natural divisions in our world, because our world is different now. Our world is a, is a work-from-home world. Um, that's also part of why this is at 8 a.m. in the morning, the idea is that, you know, whether, as the intro suggests, whether you're getting the kids ready for school, well, no school at the moment, school's over, school's out for summer, and uh, or whether you're commuting, whether you're um, commuting to your bedroom or your home office, whether you're walking the dog, um, the idea is you can listen live or you can listen to the podcast version 
um, and you can actually subscribe to that. That's bit.ly forward slash collective cafe to go. It's a coffee house. It's a it's virtual coffee. So sit sit with your real coffee and listen, lurk, comment. Um, at times, come onto stage. We we manifest on Monday. Thought Leadership Tuesday. Um, I think tomorrow we'll talk about uh, tokenization, creator coins. Do they work? And and I have a perspective because I had a I had and I still have a creator coin. And uh, you might be surprised to hear my point of view because uh, I I do not believe that they work. Not now and not under present conditions. So um, <clears throat> so I'll share some of my thoughts tomorrow. Uh, today I got a topic, but we'll we'll get there in a moment. Uh, Wednesday is Wellness Wednesday, and we we tend to look if there again. It's like if we we try and stick to a lane, and that lane um, focuses on whether it's mental health, whether it's skills, whether it's uh, motivation, just something to do actually with us, with human beings, with our relationships, with our skills, with motivation, adversity, whatever the case may be. Uh, on Thursday we do live book reads. Uh, Matt Thieleman, we're doing this is coaching. Um, we we've been doing it in June. We'll probably continue through July, um, mainly because he he's actually I think he might have just got married. I think he got married uh, on the weekend. Um, so I will find a book. Hey, if you have a book that you would like me to live read with my Staten Island slash South African accent, I'm happy to do that. Otherwise, I'll find a book. Maybe I'll even share a few book ideas with you this week, and you can vote on it. And then on Friday is open mic, no agenda Friday. Um, where we, um, where really we, we, you can ask any question. It's open, um, open. It's office hours. It's AMA. It's open mic. Um, you can come up with a topic if you want, and we'll let it go in whatever direction um, the 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 current takes us. Um, and so um, it's going to take probably a, a little bit of time for us to, as I said, find our feet. One of the things that I've um, spoken and written extensively about is authentic voice. Um, and the one thing I've realized is your authentic voice changes. I, I mean, it's the same voice, but you have a different way of expressing it in different locations or different platforms or different markets. Sometimes you're, you, you're more provocative. Sometimes you're not. Sometimes you swear more. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you're more informative. Sometimes you're, you're more, you know, uh, uh, you, you, you listen more, etc. cetera. And, um, and and it takes a while to actually get really comfortable. Just like people should be getting comfortable in their own skin, we have to be comfortable in our own voice. Um, and and it's a beautiful thing when we find it and when we figure out exactly what works. So, for example, we have people in Discord right now. Um, we have people in Clubhouse right now. Um, and I have to figure out how to how to do my thing. You know. Um, I was always intrigued by Seth Godin, who who never enabled com, uh, comments on his blog. And when he was asked and pressed about it, and I actually like, I mean, I mean, Seth, Seth and I speak. You know, when we, I mean, it's still remarkable. Um, when I email him, he will respond within one minute. I don't know how he does it, but uh, maybe he's a bot. I'm not really sure. But Seth's been on my show, and we've met several times, and he's been on my podcast. But when I didn't know him, I actually called him out, and I was like, "Look, you can't be the uh, you know the the doyen of social media. You can't be the figurehead and everyone that uh, and 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 the person that everyone references." And is referential towards if you're kind of not doing it uh, the right way. How can you blog? I mean, the, the, his blog is called Seth's Blog. I said, how can you blog if you don't enable comments? Um, and I called him out. And his response to me was that, um, well, his response, maybe it wasn't to me, actually. I just think in general when he was called out is he said, look, he doesn't want to enable comments because he doesn't want it to impact or affect the way that he writes. Because if people are now, whether they are criticizing him or complimenting him, it's going to actually impact what he says and how he says it, if he becomes too aware or self-aware. Now, I still think it was a little bit of a cop-out. I still don't necessarily agree with that statement because, I mean, you could say, well, just ignore the comments. But then again, if you're commenting on someone's blog and they're not even acknowledging you, then, I mean, that's probably bad as well. If you think about it, now you're ignoring your you're ignoring comments. If I ignore Howard's comment in the chat right now, then uh, and it depends, right? He may okay, he may not be talking to me. He may just be talking to someone else. And uh, and he said, I think it was Seth Godin from whom 
I first heard that the email list was was primary in marketing. Uh, that's also one way streak. And and Howard, I mean, email has proven to be very ineffective. I'm joking, um, but yeah, I mean, and and uh, actually, I always tell the story. It's a beautiful. It's a beautiful story. My very first article. So now I've written five books, and I'm writing my sixth book, and. You know, and but before I did that, before I literally embarked on on this entire um, thought leadership journey, um, my very, very, very first article was for Click Z, and the article was called. I have to share this room, by the way, and so like I also have to f- remember all the different steps as well. So share on Clubhouse and uh, uh, hey, Jeffy, if if you wanted to to take a break here and. Uh share the room, that, that would be great. I know I've shared it a few times already, and if you're in the audience uh, and you want to have a vibrant uh, talk today, please share the audience. And also come on stage. It's just a casual chat. Is that the best way to describe it? It, it, it is, but we'll, w- what we typically do is I'll, I will, um, I'll invite people, and this is how we've done it in Discord, is I'll invite people around about 8.45, and we try and like, and, and so I want to see how that works, where people come on for the last 15 minutes. But it all depends. If, I'm, if I don't have anything to say, or people don't have anything to say, then absolutely, Colin. So we, that's why we're going to try and figure out how it works now with Discord and Clubhouse. So um, I'll, I'll, uh, I've got a topic, and then once I've, once I've uh, mentioned the topic or a few thoughts about it, absolutely, I want to hear what people have to say. So totally, 100%. Um, so I'll tell you my story of Seth Godin. So I write an article, and the article is called, I Would Rather Beg for Forgiveness Than Ask for Permission. And I cite Seth Godin in it, and I link to him and you know, because that's what you do with an article. And I don't know, to be honest with you, if my, I don't know if I was trying to get his attention or not. I probably was. Um, if I know myself back then, this was like two, this is 2001, 2002. And so the article is called, I'd rather beg for forgiveness than ask for permission. And what I was trying to say, and I know what I was trying to say, because I said it, was, um, you know, so many times we are actually saying that we got permission, um, but we didn't actually really get permission. We're tricking people. We're, you know, having them fill out a form and the opt-in box is already checked and they have to like physically opt out if they don't want it. Or even worse, we actually, they opt in, but we give them rubbish. We give them crap. We don't target. We don't customize. Um, It's boring. It's underwhelming. We're overselling. We're not doing anything properly. So, so I was basically saying, like I was speaking about how I got an email from Amazon and it was completely relevant and interesting and it was a product I wanted and it was probably based on my profile and cookies and 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 I don't recall opting in to receive emails from Amazon. This is back in 2002, remember. So I said I'd rather get an unsolicited, here's my provocative statement, I'd rather get an unsolicited email from someone that I didn't opt into that was relevant and valuable to me than one that was completely irrelevant uh, to me uh, from someone that I opted into. And, uh, and, and within, I'm, I'm telling you, one or two minutes, um, Seth had responded to me and he absolutely lambasted me. He destroyed me. I mean, I, I was... <laughs> I was ready. I was ready to like stop. That was almost my first and last um, ever, ever um, uh, article. And um, and so it was an in- interesting. I mean, it's an interesting debate, right? Would you rather? Would you rather get relevant information, whether you opted into it or not, or would you would you prefer to say, well, I opted in. And uh, whatever I get, I get, you know, you get what you get and you don't get upset, uh, as we like to say. Um, and so, um, so why are you crying, Colin? Did I make you cry? Tell me what you're crying about. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm just looking at your emoji. Um, so, uh, you know, it's a provocative statement. I mean, obviously, the real resolve here, to be clear you know, just so that nobody takes the wrong advice from me, is rather have someone who opted in to receive information and give them the right information. 
That is by far, that is what I recommend, that is what I endorse. I do not endorse sending information to people that they, uh, especially if they didn't opt in. But you know, sometimes you gotta like, I don't wanna say cut corners, but sometimes you gotta recognize. I mean, how many times, um, how many times have we, someone has come and registered to a webinar and we've, we've added them to a list to tell them about future webinars. Should we be doing it by the book? Hell yes, 100%, no question. We should have all the verbiage, but sometimes we don't know any better. Sometimes as a startup founder or a solo entrepreneur, we're not, you know, we don't want to flood them with legalese. Listen, I'm just a person that, that, that believes, use your common sense, be decent, be a good human being, do the right thing, you know, respect people, respect their time, um, and, and serve them. Uh, I mean, it's not that hard, really. It's not that hard to be a good business person in today's world. It's not that hard to be creative. It's not that hard to build a relationship if you actually want it badly enough and if you work hard enough and if you are consistent, if you realize that every single time you get in front of someone, it is a gift. Today, Shadows, Coach, Joel, Howard, Bruce, um, Suleiman, I thought it was that, Jomar, nice to see you, Melissa, uh, on, on Discord, Billy, Tim, Jonathan, uh, Rini, it's, it's, a, it's a privilege, it's an honor, um, hey Bez, to be able to, um, ha- for somebody to say, I choose to give you my time today, this is my time, and I choose to share it with you, that's what you guys are doing, you're sharing it with me right now, you're giving me an opportunity and it's not a numbers, it's not numbers, it's not quantity, it's quality. So anyway, that's just a bit of a, a segue to a segue to a segue. It is Manifesting Monday. And so what I typically do on Manifesting Monday uh, is I have a look at my calendar. I've got a pretty busy calendar, actually. Um, for those of you that, um, I don't know that I'll be able to put up all the links, um, but my show, Joseph Jaffe is Not Famous, I have three. Um, I have three guests this week pre-recording. Uh, Connor Steinbrook, who is uh, in the real estate world, um, and uh, he's today at one. Mark Worcester, who's known as Nurse Mark. Uh, I think we're going to have a conversation about uh, psychedelics uh, on Tuesday, and then Damon Kentola, um, who uh, wrote a book on change. Uh, he's a PhD at Penn. Uh, he is going to be my guest on Thursday. On Wednesday, Whitney Lawrenson is giving her Alpha Beta Talk, the fifth in a series of 13, um, and you can register to attend that. And then, of course, I'm here every single day. So for me, what does success look like this week? Uh, well, success looks like a week where I basically get through um, nine different pieces of content. So not only not only am I putting out nine pieces of content, five collective cafes, one alpha beta talk, uh, and three episodes of the show, but I'm also, thanks to my amazing intern and ChatGPT, which has been a really amazing use case for me, um, I've been able to uh, produce summaries um, of, of the actual conversation. So today, for example, we'll be able to produce a 600 to 800 word summary with key takeaways and key quotes to almost create like a, like a TLDR uh, summary. And, and I want to comment on that for a moment. I just uh, changed the link. That's my newsletter on LinkedIn if you want to subscribe. Um, I think there's about, I don't know, 2,500 people that are subscribing at the moment through LinkedIn. It's been amazing. Uh, definitely LinkedIn has become my platform uh, of choice for business, for B2B um, Twitter, just find to be a bit of a mess at the moment, uh, for many, many reasons. And Facebook, don't even get me started. So maybe just, and TikTok, I'm not even sure that I didn't even know TikTok was still around, but apparently it is. Um, I don't, I, I, I hang out mainly on, on Instagram. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on and what, and here's just a thought I want to share with you is, um, this has helped me tremendously, tremendously, which is think of ChatGPT as someone who's working for you and you're paying them maybe, depending on where they are located, anywhere between sixty-five dollars to $80,000. So that's the value of that person. So that person strategically, that person in terms of their attention to detail, accuracy, this is probably someone 
who's been working for two to three years, maybe three to four years. Maybe it's someone who's just come out of a fancy school or an MBA and uh, maybe not an MBA and they're, so they're asking a little bit more. Um, but for the most part, um, whatever comes out of ChatGPT is not, ne- it's not that it's not, it's not that it's wrong. It's that it may not be right. So, so understand the difference. It's not that it's wrong, although there have been times when ChatGPT, I've asked for three or four key quotes, and I look at the quotes, and I'm like, I know that that wasn't said. And so um, I basically said, and just in case, because I'm Clubhouse, I, I, I actually said to ChatGPT, I said, stop making up shit. I said, stop. And then, and then ChatGPT apologized to me. I said, I didn't say that, and nor did my guest. I said, when I ask you for a quote, I want verbatim what was said. And then ChatGPT apologized. So that is kind of how I tend to manage ChatGPT, manage the process. And it's worked wonders. And so, like, for example, Jonathan, who's interning with me at the moment, has been, you know, we, we've gone through iterations. Jonathan has created some of the most unbelievably sophisticated uh, prompts. But even after using them and crushing it for, like, two weeks, I kind of reached out to him and I'm like, this is not, I think it's missed the boat here. I think it's gone, ironically, it was a whole nautical theme. Um, And so we kind of reframed it and we had to rethink it. So just remember that with automation, right, with AI, we should never, ever lose ourselves in that process. It's exactly the concept that we've been talking about with respect to GPS, when you start to rely on your GPS so much, GPS could literally take you over a cliff and you drive over the cliff. I mean, that's an extreme example that hopefully would never happen. But in some cases, you still have to trust your instinct and trust your gut. You still have to make a decision. You still have to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to go against the machine this once. And by the way, have you ever taken on the machine and won? Uh let me know. Let me know in the chat. Have you ever have you ever actually ignored ChatGPT and actually ended up beating it, or at least getting there at the same time? Maybe one minute later, maybe one minute earlier, but not an hour later. So it's just something to think about as well. The machine is there to help us. AI is there to help us. At the moment, AI works for us. The fear is one day we will work for AI, but until that day happens. Remember that AI works for us. And so we should be also good managers, decent managers. I always say thank you. When, when ChatGPT does a good job for me, I say you crushed it today. Well done. I'm proud of you. This was a great, you know, you did, you did well today. And, uh, you know, ChatGPT thanks me for my thanks, so to speak. So I, I'm going to change the subject a little bit. And, um, and again, you know, as I said, it's manifesting Monday. So at about 8.45, 8.50, if anyone wants to come up on stage and, and just manifest a little bit, tell, tell us, you know, what does success look like for you? What have you got planned for the week? Do you need any help? Can we give you any motivation? Can we, uh, can we uh, is there anything that we can do or anyone in the room can do to give you a little boost or help you on your way or accelerate you to achieving that? Um, but I, I want to talk about an article that I saw on uh, contagious.com, uh, and uh, I will put that in the back chat. By the way, um, the link um, that you have in Clubhouse at the moment is to subscribe to my newsletter. You will get literally these TLDR summaries every almost in, at the moment I'm publishing five a week, um, which is just crazy. Who would have ever thunk that I could produce five pieces of thought leadership? And uh, just a little comment on that, which is just a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a joke, um, but I actually say like I feel comfortable with it because I'm I'm plagiarizing myself, so to speak. Uh, I'm not I'm not I'm actually you know we'll take this we'll take this room today we'll take we'll we'll get a transcript um, and then and then we'll ask that to be summarized, not necessarily for an entire article to be written on a subject without any uh, prompt whatsoever. Um, so that's kind of how I reconcile. Um, but you know, maybe you maybe you agree, maybe you disagree. It's something that that certainly I'd love to hear your point uh, on that. So this is the article I was referring to, and it says trends have lost all meaning. Uh, Brand's fascination with social media fads 
has devalued the rigorous practice of trend forecasting, says Reddit's head of global foresight, Matt Klein. Brands should remember some simple laws of physics to get back on track. And and I think, like, for example, like it, it, uh, it says trends were once meaningful, social change and emerging and defining collective thought, behavior, value, or attitude, a shift in society. But today... For example, Mermaid Core is being named a top, a top trend for the summer. Um, does anybody know what Mermaid Core is? I do not know what it is. And so, you know, there are so many people that are in the trend business. And they are trendologists. They are futurists. Uh, my first, um, and she's actually going to be one of the Alpha Talk speakers um, for uh, Alpha Collective, uh, Faith Popcorn. She was the first futurist that I met. Uh, or I mean, I didn't meet her, but I read her book. And I remember her um, her trend cocooning. That's probably what she's most well-known for. And at the time when these trends were written down, they did mean something. But today, like how many times have you gone to like a trend forecast or trend presentation and they come up with these, like, you know, um, I don't know, uh, whatever, they're called, you know, serendipitous networking or, uh, or pants, pantsless intimacy, talking about how people have formed relationships on Zoom. And they come up with these fancy names and, and everyone writes them down. I mean, vigorously writes them down. But I don't know that they mean anything. And I don't know that anybody actually even, even puts them you know, into practice. And in order to like really unpack this, you have to understand what a trend is. Uh, Rohit Bhargava, my friend, and he also published my fifth book, um, he has an entire process with post-its and sticky notes and, and he creates what's he call, what he calls non-obvious trends. And he's built an entire business around being in the trend business. So I think first and foremost, if you are in the trend business, like literally that's what you do, that is your first position, um, that's very different to someone that goes, oh, by the way, you know, here are my top 10 trends for 20, uh, 2024, you know, and everyone seems to come out with their trends. But it should be based on some kind of vigorous process or rigorous practice. Um, you know, there should be data, there should be some research, there sh- should be some um, hypotheses that are proven or or refuted, and I think you know what this article does is it says <clears throat> brands have started obsessing over the trending story of the day, hashtag meme of the moment, or core aesthetic. Watching everyone engage in public conversations around across social media, many brands believe emulating our friends would unlock cultural resonance. So what's actually really happened is when we think about trends. Being, being meaningful, trends being manageable, trends being relevant. On one hand, we have to ask ourselves, are they actually even accurate? Do they, you know, do they really represent the zeitgeist? Are we trying or are we just trying to kind of be trendy? Are we trying to just capitalize on whatever is hot or hip or current or trending? And trending is very different to a trend, right? Trending is is Twitter says these things are trending right now. So, for example, what happened um, with uh, with Titan, with Oceangate, or, you know, what might be trending in the news today, Elton John performing at Glastonbury for the last time. And so what's happened is a lot of brands have then, you know, you know activated the war room to come out with, with advertising or tweets or whatever that leverage whatever is super hot, um, at that moment, and so the article actually says we've come to confuse confuse uh, what is trending with what is a trend. Um, in primary research, when asking fifteen hundred people globally if they'd heard of ten trends, which were the most discussed amongst marketers online, from cottage core and Barbie core to indie sleaze and perma crisis, forty three percent hadn't heard of a single one. Meanwhile, among the fifty seven percent of people who had heard of one of these top trends, less than half of them have attempted to participate. So the reality is, is that we are just kind of, you know, captured uh, or, or we've, we've, uh, we've become almost, um, I don't know, uh, prey um, to our own uh, obsession with being able to be uh, trendy and leading 
culture. And the reality is that there aren't many brands or many people that lead culture. Most of us follow culture. Um, I had an amazing conversation, I will never forget it, with uh, with um, Grant McCracken. And it was for a project I was actually doing for Pepsi like decades, a couple of decades ago. That means I'm getting really old. And um, he spoke about what he called um, fast culture and slow culture. And he actually said that at the end of the day, that was the main difference between Coke and Pepsi. Coke was slow culture and Pepsi was fast culture. Pepsi was all about, you know, a taste for a new generation. They were all about, you know, their their, their icons, their uh, spokespeople were at the time Britney Spears and Michael Jackson and they were always trying to be one step ahead and and feature the people that you know and um another another brand that does that is uh, SNL Saturday night live their musicians that perform for the most part um i would say 50% of the time i've never even heard of the people and so that tells me that they are going to be trending that they are up and coming that there is a curation um associated with with the reason why um, these people have been selected. And then, of course, you know, they, they have the classics from time to time, um, but that's, you know, that's, that's fine. That's not what makes the musical guest on SNL so unbelievably powerful and that slot so powerful. Um, so it's just uh, something to think about when we think about trends. I mean, I think of where's Web3 in this, right? Uh, was Web3... Uh, and 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 when is a trend a trend, and when is a trend a fad, uh, and when is a real trend thought of as a fad when it actually is a trend, <laughs> like digital? That's what happened with digital, right? We we look at things and we we lose interest. That's the other thing about us um, is that we are not equipped. Our 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 DNA right now, our attention spans, our um, receptivity to trends is such that we are um, not allowing a trend to even take shape. Um, Going back to the article, it says um, uh, trends are trending, and the trending is seen as trends. It's a mess. For this reason, we need to break up with trends as we currently know them. Here are three reasons why. So the first reason says they're exhausting. About 64% of people feel the pace of culture accelerating. We're seeing trends go meta with anti-trend trends and hashtag core core a movement addressing context collapse and the absurdity of life online. It feels impossible to keep up and the trends are inherently fleeting. Ephemerality, is that even a word? Ephemerality uh, has a notorious low ROI. So why should we care about something that will fade? Let me read to you the three and then we'll come back to them. Uh, Second, um, they're futile. About 66% of people believe brands try too hard today. Even if a brand successfully jumped on a trend, its mere participation under its mere participation undermines the outcome. As soon as you show up, you may begin to mutate or dilute the trend. This is why identifying the right opportunities and the strategic ways in are so necessary. And third, these trends are empty, devoid of meaning. Let's go back to physics 101. Sorry, the equation for force is force equals mass times acceleration, or more simply, Force is calculated by the weight of something multiplied by its speed. Why do we care about physics and force? Because culture is made up of forces, the crosswinds, efforts, and influences of ideas and behaviors. But the problem is we're messing up the equation when calculating what to pay attention to. For acceleration or speed, we need to recognize that everything is fast. Nearly 75% of people believe algorithms can make anything go viral. In this context, speed is table stakes, and we're confusing speed with newness. Ironically, it's usually the slower-moving shifts that have more value and sustained energy. As for mass or weight, everything is big. Again, thanks to algorithms, everything has a trillion views. However, size isn't the metric we should be paying attention to. Consider balloon and bowling ball. Both are the same size, but very different weights. Remember, it's the weight that we're after here. Consider the difference between between pretending to be a depressed brand to appear relatable to social media versus empowering an existing community already addressing the mental health crisis. 
In realizing how we failed physics, we need to commit to the real equation for force. Weight or meaningfulness times its speed or its staying power or momentum. This is very powerful thought. This is a very powerful thought. Instead of weight and speed, let's think about meaningfulness and staying power or momentum. I, I think those are actually three things. I would say momentum, staying power, longevity, and meaningfulness. That's how we should be thinking about trends. We should also remember, and it's very important to remember, that a lot of the stuff that we see on social media is not necessarily real. It's made up. People are buying and, you know, the algorithm is gaming the system. The algorithm is, is gaming us. We are gaming the algorithm. Both of these things are actually happening at the same time. And we are oblivious. In this world of deep fakes, etc., we are becoming more and more gullible. We are being made to be gullible. Even if we weren't gullible, we're becoming gullible. And if we were gullible, we're basically screwed because we're becoming more gullible. So we have to, again, it goes back to the GPS. We've got to use our brains. We've got to use common sense. You've got to choose where you spend your time. I've got to choose where I spend my time. I choose to spend every weekday in the collective cafe because it is safe. It's safe for me. It's a place where I can articulate my thoughts, etc. And in many respects, I'm actually kind of going a little bit against the kind of clubhouse ethos. I don't want a free-for-all. I don't want everyone on stage in the first 15 uh, or 30 minutes. Um, in many respects, and I've, I've really thought about it this weekend, like I've, I've actually agonized over it, to be honest with you, it, it's not that I don't care what everyone thinks, um, but I feel like I have an obligation to, to lead with thought leadership and curate that thought leadership until such time that I can pass the torch. I don't want to be doing this forever. I don't want to be doing this every day of my life. I do want people to come up and lead these sessions, but I want leaders and Tom Peters says the role of a leader is to create more leaders. I want to create more leaders. I want to put myself out of a job. I don't want to be the host of the Collective Cafe. But until such time that we get to where we need to get to, and we're still figuring it out, we're still trying to find our authentic voice. Our authentic voice. In fact, this is our very first Monday in the Collective Cafe in Startup Club. My metric is going to be how many people come back. Now, I see Bruce and Shadows and Bez uh, in the audience right now in, in Clubhouse, and we have our uh, several regulars uh, in Discord, and they come back every single day. That is a gift. That is the ultimate gift. Retention. People that actually say, you know, once is witty, twice is shitty. You know, so, you know, like you can get everyone to pop into your room once, but whether they choose to stay is a different thing. So it, it's almost um, it's almost eight forty five. Rini has raised her hands as well, and I just want to finish uh, this article because it's well. I've given it to you as well, and so I definitely want you to to check it out. It's absolutely fascinating. Um, I'm I'm just going to read one or two more things to you. Seventy uh, percent of people would rather brands serve their needs by understanding what they care about versus thirty percent of people who'd rather brands appear relevant by leaning into the latest trends. So, so basically, uh, how the article says, how do we insulate ourselves against trend mania and work towards identifying or strategizing around modern movements? And the answer actually is is given as three one hundred ones, and then and then. Rini, I'll bring you up, and, and then anyone else uh, would love to hear your thoughts. So, Physics 101, remembering the true definition of force. Does this actually have weight and sustained energy? Remember, what we're talking about here is relevance, meaningfulness, momentum, right, which is a and and I would argue staying power, longevity. Uh, two is Psychology 101, remembering the human. Does this actually mean something to a real person, not an algorithm? So, I guess that's that's more the meaningfulness. I think that they've broken it out. And three is business 101, remembering ROI. Does this actually move a needle and is a sound investment of time, energy, and resources? Um, if there's no resounding yes to the above, put it aside and keep tabs on it. Not doing so is a disservice to our brands, ourselves, and our industry. In many respects, my kind of final point about these 
trends today is that it almost seems like it's candy, right? If you eat too much, it's going to rot your teeth. You're going to get sick. Um, so, you know, that's how you should be approaching it. This is not a hearty meal with, the, you know, with the staple items, protein, et cetera, et cetera. This is candy. Um, I've put one more link, by the way, um, our Alpha Beta Talk, which is on Wednesday, Whitney Lawrenson, uh, is coming in talking about wellness and and uh, within Web3. If you want to register to attend, uh, we would love for you to do that. Tomorrow morning, we will be back in, uh, we're back every day. And I think we'll be talking a little bit about tokenization, creator coins. Do they work? Don't they work? Why do they work? Why don't they work? Um, and But Rini, let me bring you up. By the way, you are a barrister in, in uh, Discord. So our barristers and our members of Alpha Collective, which is, my Web3 premium community can uh, join the stage uh, automatically and they can even start a coffee themselves. Um, but, Rini, I've just invited. Hello, Rini. Good morning. Good Monday morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Um, well, I initially raised my hand to sort of answer your, your question about Mermaid Core, but. Okay, tell us uh, what, what is Mermaid Core? So, Mermaid Core is, is really like sort of any other. Core core, right? It is the it are it is groups of people who who adopt the trappings of of a mermaid. In this case, you know um, the bikini tops, the 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 sort of bottoms. They you know the fishtails and uh, the makeup, the hair. It's the, people who emulate something, right? With clothing, makeup, the whole aesthetic. So, you know, think of crochet, think of pleats and shiny things. Um, and it's just a, just a niche, just a subculture style, just like there was, uh, you know, cottagecore or uh, what was the one for older women not too long ago? Uh, well, there was barbiecore. I read about that. Well, barbiecore, yeah, that's just every, everything pink and, and, uh, voluptuous but um so yeah it is just they are they are you can call them trends but really they're uh, yeah subcultures of style who you know uh, people who just adopt them for a while or some very small number who adopt them for forever right um i want i wonder i wonder how much of of actual trends is um accidental and what I mean, and not really accidental, but maybe, like for example, if if Taylor Swift, uh, so I mean, I, I still no one has still no one has answered this to me yet. Why everyone goes to Taylor Swift's concerts wearing cowboy boots? Um, but but Taylor Swift could do anything. Justin Bieber could do anything. Certain people could just do anything, um, and um, and everyone will follow them. Um, it that's not really a trend. That's that's no. just exact, but but it be, but it somehow can become one when everyone's doing it. Well, I'm not sure that's true. I think that's a fad, right? Um, and there are definitely different. I think a couple things about trends. I think we have to look at them in terms of micro and macro uh, trends, but I also think we need to think about them in a shorter time frame these days because. Everybody, everything's running on a shorter time frame these days, uh, and in, including the culture. Um, and trends for me are something where a large part of a culture or the culture um, adopts them in some way. And when it comes to brands, I think brands either ride or drive uh, culture through sometimes trends um, because that's the easiest thing to do, right? Um, so like with just like with many other things, I think we just have to rethink how we think about trends. We used to think of them as long-term and there might be some that are, I think there are some that are long-term these days, but not as many. I think there's a faster life, a faster life stage for trends and, um, because we have so many sort of individuals, subcultures within our culture at large, I think trends will affect some of those subcultures and not others. Well, we so, just, just, we, 
we just we just got our um our episode title for the podcast ride or drive instead of ride or die exactly uh bears on discord says culture can't be looked uh can't be looked through a short lens because that isn't culture culture takes a while to build and it is who you or your organization are um and that's true well well, that is culture in terms of an organization. I'm talking cultures in terms of pop culture, in terms of different genres. Uh, you have, you know, musical culture, you have aesthetic culture, you have all these different culture within sort of society, within the U.S. culture, within the world culture. So it's not just organizational culture, but rather the larger culture I'm talking about. I don't know. I mean, I, I've seen uh, I've seen plenty. Uh, in fact, I think IBM um, has uh, Barbie Core Tuesdays at the moment. Everyone, I'm joking. <laughs> um, uh, Shadow says, interestingly enough, those core terms can be used in mid-journey to create some very cool image styles. So maybe I should. Uh, oh yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna create yeah. uh, I'm gonna create an image of myself in Barbie Core. Um, that's that's my goal today. Um, by the way, go mermaid core mermaid. Uh. I'll do Barbie and mermaid and then, and then, and then share it, uh, share it tomorrow. Uh, let's bring up, uh, Lenox Hill partners, um, San Diego, Texas, and New York city. Mr. Howard Freeman. Welcome. Welcome to collective cafe. Thanks, Joseph. Appreciate it. Uh, first off, it's been maybe two years since I've been on Clubhouse talking, so I can't remember the etiquette. Me or too, by the my way. Mic. So, <laughs> so if you hear my dog barking, just someone say, I don't know if there's an emoji for dog barking, but use that. Um, so if I understand the topic, um, here are a couple of my thoughts. Uh, I turned 60 last month, so my core is probably uh, didn't grow up with the internet core or uh, <laughs> over 60 core uh, or maybe um, tries to avoid uh, cultural shift core. And in all seriousness, <clears throat> I was just listening to Joseph and, and, um, and the other person, I'm sorry, I can't remember the name, but Rini. Uh, sorry. Rini. Rini. Okay. Rini. Thank you. Um, and yep. it occurred to me, you know, as, as, Joseph, as you mentioned, Pepsi and Britney Spears and Michael Jackson and so forth, and these other cores. And I put in the um, the chat the <laughs> the definition in Teen Vogue of what Mermaid Core is. And of course, I googled it, and I don't know why the algorithm turned me to Teen Vogue among top results, but it did. Maybe they have the best definition. But it occurs to me that that some of these uh, these core trends may relate to, and this is where being over 60 gives me a lot of data to look back at is that a lot of these core trends have to do with people, younger people typically that glom onto something to help them with their identity or to metabolize a trauma or to deal with a tough parental, um, you know, child relationship. You know, it, it occurred to me also that, um, you know, before before we were aware of different trends around the world, the core, if you will, might have been, I'm going to follow in the footsteps of my father or mother or grandparents. And that was my quote unquote cultural core. So I think what I see is a lot of the trends as um, coping mechanisms with different shifts around us or from the lack of identity we find in our neighborhood or our family. So I'll kind of leave that out there for now. I think you, I think very much sort of onto something. There's been a, a real big sort of, I don't know if burgeoning is the right word, but definitely awareness of, you know, people between sort of, you know, 15 and 23 shifting identities rather quickly, trying to sort of find that one that suits them the best. And not just sort of gender and sexuality, but again, you know, whether it's it's mermaid, whether it's, you know, a style of makeup or a style of clothing. But identity, uh, I've been sort of doing a lot of writing about this, which is, you know, just because it's so prevalent right now. Um, all of social media allows 
these generations to to adopt different identities as a way to sort of find that one where they feel most comfortable. So you are definitely sort of onto something there. Um, no, and it could be as easy as flick eye, sh- you know, a flick eyeshadow or an eyeliner. <laughs> but I, I, I actually think he's he's really onto something else as well. Um, which, by the way, it's very funny with Rini talking, and you can see my uh, clubhouse icon is is flashing. So you know, this is oh. I call that Rini call. Um, so to, <laughs> maybe that's the name for the episode. But there's actually there's actually almost an implicit lack of identity now. Um, amongst young younger consumers, consumers, ugh, what a horrible word, younger humans, um, because nobody wants to stand out, nobody wants to be ahead, uh, no, everyone wants to fit in, everyone's kind of vanilla in many respects, and um, and so that identity is actually the kind of identity has become fa- like a fad if you think about it. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. do we even know who we are anymore? Do they even know who they are anymore? Um, when everyone is just looking to fit in and no one's looking to stand out, everyone just kind of fades in, fades into the background. And it's, you know, I, I mean, to me, that's, that's a trend. <laughs> that is a trend. The vanillarization. Vanillarization. We, we created trend, yeah. a new trend today. And that, but that's very real, though. I don't need data to back that up. I just have to look at my kids. Yeah. So what do we do about that? Is that counter trend to vanillaization? Is I, it sprinkles? <laughs> I don't know if we do anything about it. I think this sense of pulling back from identity um, is in a large sense a reaction to um, how they feel about the world at this time, right? Um, there is, you know, a very large feeling of what's the point, right? The world is burning. It, it, there's nothing we can do to, to sort of shift that. And I'm not being sort of facetious or maniacal about that. It is, it is true. If you look at a lot of surveys or discussions with young people, there is a sense of right now anyway, um, what's the point? Uh, a bit of nihilism, definitely. Uh, and I think you will find that peeps of identity coming out of that nihilism as they try to not sink <laughs> into the depths. But um, it's definitely been interesting to sort of look at this um, because it's going to have a big effect much later. Are they going to sort of just at some point just burst out, right? And then what will we see, right? All these crazy uh or could we see all these crazy trends, crazy sort of adoptions, crazy cores? Um, I I agree with you, Rini. Um, I've got three sons, uh, 24, 22, and 20. And both uh, they and their friends that I know of, there is a certain nihilism. Um, or if not nihilism, then uh, uh, an extra effort grasp at meaning and purpose I, I was just, while you were talking, I was thinking about uh, Maslow's um, hierarchy of needs. And, and, you know, obviously we in the West mostly have the, 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 the bottom levels taken care of. And I think if I recall, his top uh, of the pyramid used to be self-actualization. Yeah. And if I remember, he came back and amended that to add something in the way of purpose, transcendence, uh, something like that. And right. I think that uh, a lot of people in the West who are younger and even older, uh, if we spend too much time finding meaning and purpose in what we read or, or so forth, which is, again, algorithms tell us, you know, what our meaning and purpose are. That's obviously that's not a given. Um, but younger people, they reach the top of the pyramid and maybe unwittingly don't realize that the transcendence or purpose or meaning is there and they don't, they have a need for it, but there's no obvious path to getting that uh, because everything around them um, uh, keeps them not only from that path and not only even from self-actualization, but puts them down perhaps even on a much lower level where they don't feel loved and they don't, um, they don't even trust that their basic needs are being met. 
because mm. of everything they see around them. And so, you know, if there's anything that social media does on the negative side, it's to press people uh, of all ages down in that hierarchy of needs. Right. It's interesting. I, I started thinking about all of this about five or six years ago when I was doing a project for McDonald's. And among younger people found that this whole idea of the... Um, the identity that used to spring from the American dream, right? Which was one sort of, which was monolithic in nature, right? This whole sort of group of people um, sort of working towards one thing. Actually, it started much earlier with the breakdown of the, of the middle class who was really sort of the engine of all that. But about five years ago, you know, identified this sort of sense of, you know, just multiple, multiple thousands sort of of mini american dreams right based on sort of the identities of the of the people it wasn't as monolithic and it broken completely apart into a more of a mosaic than a monolith i love i love the the conversation and um you know i was thinking i couldn't help um but think about um you know, obviously the implications with respect to, to Web3, but really, but really, I mean, if we take away the tech and we talk about community and we talk about belonging and we talk about this idea of, as they, you know, as they would reference, common shared passion and common purpose, um, meaning having a meaningful life, uh, making a difference, uh, doing it together, you know, this whole conversation about loneliness. I was just listening to uh, a podcast where uh, on happiness and, you know, lonely people, uh, the equivalent of loneliness has been equated physically or physiologically to smoking half a pack of cigarettes a day oh my uh, God. Or, or obesity. That is the impact on your longevity. I know it, it. It is. Oh my God! And there are other things that I was just remembering, like this idea of um, this is crazy. Listen to this one. Um, they did a, a study amongst people at work, and they asked the question: Do you have a best friend at work? Best friend. Thirty percent had a best friend at work. Seventy percent did not. Now here is the oh my God. Out of the people, the 70% that did not have a best friend at work, 11 out of 12 of them felt were disconnected or detached from their job. Mm. 11 out of 12, pretty much everyone. Why? I mean, it's, it's, it's intuitive, right? Which is when you go to work every day, and this is, I think, more traditional work, right? Uh, going to an office. When you go to work every day and you're spending more time with your colleagues than you do with your own family, if you don't have someone to confide into, confide in, con to confide in, if you don't have someone to share your kind of triumphs and tragedies with, to turn to them, um, if you don't have a reason to go to work, you have no reason to go to work. You're just going through the motions. And so it's just, it's just this whole conversation uh, to me is, is, like ultimately when we think about Maslow, we we almost have to re we have to kind of like say if, if <laughs> how about this? If Maslow you know what, this is this is something that I'm just gonna punch straight into chat GPT. Um because although although I want you all to think about it as well. Uh if Maslow, let's see how quickly I can type this. If Maslow were a futurist slash trendologist in 2023, how might he revise his triangle? What is, what is the actual triangle chord? Is it the, uh, you know, besides Maslow's triangle? I'm just going to write that down. Let's see what he comes up with. The answer, surprisingly, is he put Rini at, top, uh, at the top. Um, of course. So, all right, so I'll just tell you what he's coming up with because it's almost nine. Um, actually, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put this in. 
I'll put this in the chat. I'm going to have to go ahead and work with ChatGPT as an $80,000 partner and see and see what he comes up with. Um, and But anyway, so, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I forgot. I forgot. But this is kind of interesting stuff. It definitely, I mean, look, I'll tell you the things that are coming up. I don't know that I see a triangle, but there's digital connectivity as a basic need, uh, information security and privacy, global citizenship and environmental sustainability, the need for continuous learning, virtual and augmented reality, post-scarcity and universal basic income, mind augmentation and transhumanism, digital and social identity, mental health and well-being, cosmic perspective and space exploration. Uh, I I I think what ChatGPT is trying to tell me is that if Maslow was around in 2023, he'd be as high as a kite. And on that note, everyone, <laughs> we're going to. Uh, I like this stuff. I got. I got. I got to work on this as well. Um, Howard, thank you for coming up. Colin, thank you for being here. Everyone who's here, thanks for being here. Come back tomorrow. Come back every day. If you are not a member of the Startup Club, please join the Startup Club. I've sent inv- invites to all of you. Um, and I'm going to try and follow all of you as well while we are small and growing here because we are going to be big. We will have hundreds, if not thousands, either uh, in Startup Club and or in discord.gg forward slash alpha collective. We are not going anywhere. We have staying power. We have momentum. We are meaningful, I, I should hope. We are, are in it for to win it in the long haul. So have an amazing, amazing day, everyone. Uh, As I said, we will be back tomorrow and every other day. And uh, go crush your week, go crush your day, go crush your goals. We are here in the Collective Cafe as well to motivate you, to push you, to challenge you, to encourage you. Uh, This is what my late mother calls HPO, hope, positivity, and optimism. It's not TV, it's HPO. So I will see you all tomorrow. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.